Welcome to the first ever About That MBA podcast. Uh, my name's uh, Tim Dawkins, and I am the host and creator of the About That MBA podcast. And before we get started, um, I'd like to just uh, remind you that if you want to interact with us, see what we're up to as we record these things, you can follow us on Twitter at That MBA Podcast. Um, now, I'm joined here this evening by uh, my very good friend, my favorite pharmacist ever from uh, North London, Pratesh. Hello there. How are you? Good, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Excited. Yeah, another busy day at business school, eh? Uh, that's how it goes. Um, so, uh, Pratesh is joining me as my first guest here on the show. And uh, before we get started, um, I'd really like to just take a minute to introduce uh, you, the listener, to this show, what it's all about, what we're hoping, hoping to achieve uh, by recording this thing. So really, we're creating this podcast for people who are curious about MBAs, um, what the experience is all about, um, is it the right thing for you to do, and to share our experiences as we go through the program and uh, you know the war stories, the learnings, what really resonated with us and what it's actually like to, to go back to business school and uh, study an MBA. I know that when I was researching uh, coming to uh, business school, I read around a lot of different sources, magazines, papers, uh, LinkedIn articles um, about the mythology of an MBA, but I didn't really find much that told me what the experience was like, what it was like to be a human in this program. So that's why we've created this podcast. I hope to uh, fill this gap a little bit. So to do this, I'm going to record a whole series of these uh, every few weeks, each with a different guest from our Surrey Business School MBA program. And we're going to introduce the, uh, the guests as they come in and give them a chance to tell their story, where they've come from, their experience of the MBA, and what they're hoping to get out of it. And uh, we're also going to drill down into the modules that we've just completed. So we're going to try and uh, take one of these each time we've completed a module, a, a three or four week learning cycle, um, and give you a rounded perspective of what that <laughs> learning activity was like and what really resonated for us. So uh, that's what we're all about. I hope you enjoy this podcast and uh, we're going to get down to it. So, Pratesh. <laughs> Very privileged to have you as my first guest. Um, Pleasure to be here. Uh, you came from uh, a very interesting industry that I know myself, I know very little about. Um, so how about you tell us a little bit just about your previous life as a, as a pharmacist? So yeah, I studied uh, pharmacy at the University of Nottingham. Uh, went on to just complete my pre-registration program in a small independent pharmacy in northwest London. And then I uh, moved on to be a manager straight away, which came with all of its challenges. Um, initially, it was all good and well. Uh, a very good field, a lot of progress, a lot of things to do, a lot of diversity to keep you entertained with. But the whole profession, if you've not heard, is being plagued by a lot of pharmacy cuts, increased competition, uh, having to have a lot of short staff, um, the, the rent for com uh, premises is going up, council tax are going up. It's a very difficult industry to even compete in. Mm. Uh, so it was constant innovation, constant driving change, and trying to identify what which is the best area to go down. Uh, exciting area, but again, prospects of jobs are going a bit lower than it, I would like it to be. Mm. So uh, was that what led you to think about an MBA, or was it something else? Uh, well, being a community pharmacy, you are technically running a business. It's running a business that you've got various um, suppliers, you've got customers that all want particular things, you have to market yourself in different ways. Mm -hmm. uh, if you walk down your average pharmacy, I'm sure you'll come across maybe three or four different pharmacy. 
you have to distinguish yourself from these pharmacies. You have to have a different offering to these. You have to have a different value proposition to all these pharmacies. And you have to always find your niche and find your customers and what separates you from your competitors. Mm. So it's constant going back into the marketing, thinking about how you're going to differentiate yourself from your competitors and add value to, for the customer um, that is our patients. Um, so I had a lot of experience going as a businessman where you constantly got different things. You you are pretty much running a business you've got so much experience but it gets to a point where you want to do more you want a greater challenge you want a bigger piece of the pie you want to do something that really challenges you um, and that's my reason for wanting to do an MBA was to try remove myself from pharmacy but take all that experience I've gained from pharmacy and try apply it to a bigger playground mm. as such. So you're looking at this as an opportunity to really change kick it up a gear correct I'm wanting to try offer my experience to a different arena where I can really make a bigger impact whereas rather than just use this experience to survive and you know counteract some funding shortcuts and things like that to really make a difference for other markets mm, fantastic and um, what do you think the biggest change uh, in your going from your life working as a pharmacist to being a mature student is oh back as a pharmacist you're the top of the field um you're running the show you don't answer to many people you can do as you wish mm. when you go to an mba you are surrounded by a group a diverse group of people that are also the king of the field that want to progress into different arenas go further down and they've all got different ways of doing things and you quickly realize wait you may not quickly you would not really have known that you've got the best way until you go through the process and you're in there and be like wait I didn't think I needed to know that but I did um, so it's it has been a learning curve but if you have the right mentality you will learn a lot from it it's, an MBA is what you take from the whole process mm. I know I remember thinking back to the first couple of weeks the first few activities um, I'd not, I'd come from an engineering degree, automotive background, and I'd not really done such immersive ways of learning before. So thinking back to those first like case study sessions, the group sessions where we're given this company and we've got to, you know, really immerse ourselves in the company's experience and participate and problem solve as a group and then get up and present. The first couple of times that felt very alien, but I had to almost get over myself a little bit and then go, right, no, this is what I'm here to do. Roll up my sleeves and jump on in. Um, and I think I'm sure a lot of a lot of us in our particular course group have gone through the same thinking process. It's a bit alien to get started with, but you've got to warm yourself up. You've got to go, no, this is the way it's done. Um, this is how you learn, I guess. Correct. It's um, it's a different environment. Um, but compared to an undergraduate degree, I've always found that an MBA is different. We come with experience. We come with our own prejudice of what we expect a situation to be like so looking through case studies is always the idea of this is what I would do and it has to be the right way mm. then you take it back to the classroom and people will be throwing different ideas and you think about you get views which you would never even consider and that is progress mm. in a way of thinking so you don't go around saying there's only one way of doing things there's a hundred different ways of doing things and you discuss until you find the right combination and that's part of the war experience you described earlier and it's People may not like it, but that is progress. And in any business to be successful, I would think that having that dynamic capability and engaging in groups where you can have a little bit of conflict to get 
the right result is what will be beneficial for an organization and having that on an MBA from day one has been really beneficial for me. Yeah, so I remember the uh, the Ducati session. So for the benefit of the listeners, we did we started our first strategy session um, was taken by the dean of the business school, and um, it was all about uh, Ducati during the uh, early two thousands, when their CEO, a chap called Minoli, was making decisions about going into new segments, new markets, and I came into that session with quite a lot of my own preconceptions about the industry. You know, I knew automotive, so I thought the things I know about manufacturing and and that would scale to it. And also, critically, I'm a biker. So I was like, oh, this is my thing. You know, I've got my ideas about what Ducati is and what they should be. Um, and <laughs> I was I was extremely surprised by uh, how wrong I was about a lot of things, certainly. Um, at least I was, I was coming at it much more from the consumer angle as opposed to from a business leader angle. And I remember just sitting through that whole session and um, it, I'd, I'd found the ideas that we explored definitely agreed with some of the ideas I'd come up with on my own, but it was it was just such a, a fascinating experience to really be able to back them up by going through that process, by going through the strategic analysis, through the tools, um, you know, through the competitive analysis. And I thought that was really great in terms of engaging everybody as a class as well. Yeah, it really showed what the cohort was made of, um, the ways that people think, bring it together, um, and it shows even a small outcome can make a big difference in terms of strategy and how you think about strategy. Um, and that module was based on strategy. So it's an interesting, it has been an interesting module, um, very proactive, a lot of reading and going, if you, if, as we've gone on through one case study to the 10th case study that we may have had, by the end of it, I definitely was looking at things in different ways, being like, ah, oh, okay, I can see maybe this is being wrong, but they could do this, 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 and I could definitely see the way I was looking at things had definitely increased and was expanding, and I like to see that change on such a short time as well. This was within mm. about a two-week period. I was making changes in the way I was thinking, and if you came in before an MBA being like, hey, two minutes, two weeks after your course, you're going to be thinking differently. I would not have believed it. And this is one module in two weeks later, and I'm seeing, I'm perceiving the world in um, outcomes I wouldn't have thought were possible. Yeah, I certainly can't pick up a bottle of beer or a, oh, no. or a bottle of wine and you know, oh, I'm looking at the label and go, all right, have they differentiated the product? What's the value add? Where's Who the, are they targeting it where to? Where are the breweries? Who yeah. owns the brewery? What is was it, the marketing campaign? Is yeah. it a joint venture? All <laughs> yeah. of this, yeah. It's funny how the critical stuff. So we're going to come back to strategy in a second. But um, if you're, uh, let's say I'm somebody who's thinking about going to business school, you know, I'm back down six months or a year down the journey that you and I have both taken. Uh, what would your advice be to someone who's thinking about doing an MBA? When I went into an MBA, I gave you the outlines of what I kind of wanted from an MBA. Um, mm. At the end of it, I chose the University of Surrey um, as opposed to some other top three, four universities. Mm. Um, and initially, I was skeptical. I didn't know what to expect. And there was something in the back of my mind that put me off going to these universities. Within the first week of when I was at the University of Surrey, it was made clear to me it was the people skills, the soft skills that Surrey emphasizes. Mm. And my advice to someone that wants to do an MBA would be not just to think of it as an academic qualification to boost you, think about it as a learning opportunity to develop your soft skills, develop your hard skills, really become a rounded individual that people look up to that can progress, that can approach you to gain, to approach you to lead a team, to approach you to get things done um, and 
getting things done sometimes is people have the conception that you might have to railroad people to get things done. The University of Surrey and the MBA program has taught me, no, you bring everyone together. Mm. Whenever in doubt, throw it back on the group, get things done. Um, and there's all it's the soft skills that I have throughout my strategy project and the agility project and any group work we've done has been really successful in getting things done. It's not been the single-minded approach that people tend to have that, or that conception that people have with an MBA. Mm. It's the soft skills that really work. So if people are a bit worried about going into an MBA and being full of people that are going to be headstrong, yeah, that's going to happen, but you develop that over time and you develop the case of trying to get over it. Um, so when I, the advice I'd really give them is don't just think of it as a qualification really commit yourself go in and say yes i will change i'm going to let myself be myself be open to the process of change mm. and only really will you get the most out of an mba i believe i think it's yeah the one thing i underestimated coming into it was how much of a a reflected experience it would be you know you you're thinking back on your past experiences in work um projects you've done <clears throat> things that have gone well mistakes you've made stuff like that and it it does it offers you a really great way of building upon those experiences and kind of capitalizing especially when it's been something that's gone wrong you can go i I know an example of when that's happened and you share that with the group and you have a context for it you can suddenly go oh well by this process yes we made the wrong decision here and now thanks to this framework or this tool set that we've just uncovered um you know i can i know that exactly the the reason that that went that particular way um, so it's certainly been, yeah, I've found it one that's it's very introspective as much as anything else. Like you, you learn a lot from sharing with the group. Correct. You even reflect your own experience as a manager in the past um, mm. with going through modules. Normally, I'm, this may not be true of everyone, but I always thought the only way to reward someone is by giving them um, a job and by giving them a salary and then incentivizing them with bonuses at the end of it. And going through the modules, I identified more of the intrinsic motivations, the parts that you can't pay with money, the things that really drive you. And that, believe it or not, is why I ended up leaving pharmacy. I wanted more. I wanted that drive. I wanted a bit of a challenge, mm. the things that you can't define and put on a mentory value on. And having this experience going forward, you can learn about what do people want? How can I motivate them? How can I make them the best that they want to be? Mm-hmm. And in any organization, that's going to be valuable. So from day one, you're getting experience to be able to allow that to happen fantastic all right so for the benefit of the of the listeners um, we've just completed our first module of the course on strategy and uh, Pratesh and I we, we were lucky enough to work in a in a group together on uh, on our first major group project um, and it was a couple of weeks of nine to five classes of analyzing a range of case studies learning um, a bunch of abstract and uh, theoretical tools, which we then applied directly to the, the business case that we're evaluating. Um, and personally, I came from a consultancy job where uh, I was required to do a mixture of technical and uh, strategic consulting. So coming into this module, I was thinking, yep, yeah, I've got this. I'm doing it standing on my head. Like I'm, I'm sure like I've been doing this for years. I should be absolutely fine. Um, and within a week, I quite quickly learned that I'd barely scratched the surface. Like I had some very superficial uh, tools that I was using and really the the whole Pandora's box of strategy uh, was opened up um, to me through this course. What were your expectations, protect of uh, this module coming into it? Before going in, I thought strategy was something that you thought about once, this is what we're going to be doing and that's how we're going to be doing it. So. I used to play it in terms of pharmacy in the back of my mind. Whenever I've done something, what what's my 
what do I want and how am I going to get there? That's my strategy. Mm-hmm. Going into how we formulated Harvey Holly Davidson was a lot more than that. Weeks and weeks of planning what we're doing, what's the financial situation, the marketing situation, where they're positioned in the market, where are their competitors. And there's so much research that you have to do that I wasn't aware of or I haven't done in the past um, in anything I have done. So it was a real eye-opener for me, but one that I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, and yeah, enjoyable, enjoyable, very eye-opening mm. and looking forward to implement a strategy for a company one day. Yeah. Um, so our first major project, we we got asked to choose a company that we felt was either in a failing position or required some sort of turnaround and uh, pr- propose a so-called breakout strategy for them. So in our activity, we chose as a group uh, Harley-Davidson as an example of a company that's kind of got a bit of a flattening sales situation. Um, but they have a global presence and they have a lot of assets that they can, strategic assets critically, that they can re- uh, leverage to put together a turnaround. Um, and Pratesh, what, what, what do you think about the process of kind of rolling up the sleeves and, and doing this for a big company like that? Initially, there's a whole fear of what can I do for a big company that they haven't already thought of. Mm-hmm. And you get in there and you put that past you and you said, OK, if we're going to be doing it. Let's do it. So you start going through the whole process. You start going through the data. You start finding out about the sales, whereabouts. I think they had a majority of 60% of the sales or just over 60% in the United States. Mm. Uh, and uh, stagnating. Uh, and the American sales were declining. They had um, a stagnant international sale group, but they, they weren't really appealing to what people wanted mm. out there. But it's a bit difficult because the brand is known as a lifestyle brand. Um, it's got the iconic V2 engine that people want and expect. Mm. So it's a bit of a hard strategy to break out of, but it gets to a point where they can. They've got the whole economic crisis with the trade wars happening. Mm. Uh, they were outsourcing some of their factories in um, Thailand, in India, and they could. They, the way that they've used this to try tailor particular bikes for individual emerging markets where there's a, a rising demand for bikes has been quite good. Uh, with our strategy, we focused on two different models that I wouldn't have even thought would be remotely viable and mm. ended up being quite widely accepted and a good model. And one of them, uh, which is to do with the live wire bike, um, is similar to the marketing campaign that Holly Davidson have just recently launched. So it's good to think, see that we were on a similar uh, path of what Holly Davidson were thinking anyway. So it has been a good module. Definitely. So uh, one of our core to our turnaround proposal was we proposed a subscription-based ownership service for Harley-Davidson, whereby a user could uh, pay uh, three or four hundred dollars a month or so and have access to a whole range of bikes from the local Harley-Davidson dealership. And to target this in emerging markets where uh, the, uh, the buyers aren't so readily engaged because they're quite saturated among their existing customer base in the US at least. Um, so it wasn't so much that we were proposing a radical shift in operations or manufacturing or the fundamental value proposition of Harley Davidson. It was rather creating an alternative business model. Um, and then we were going to, we were secondarily to this, proposing this to launch the electric motorbike, uh, the Livewire product, which has just come out this week, really. Um, and we're very keen to say, hey, a subscription service is perfect for this because it lowers the barrier to entry it means that hopefully people can try it out a little more 
uh, be more accepting of it in its initial launch as it's quite a controversial product, at least for Harley Davidson. Um, and yeah, uh, it went uh, went down very well with our uh, group presentation. Um, what do you think about the the process, the way that we we kind of came up with this idea, though, Pratesh? I mean, I know it, it sounds like a fantastic and well formed idea now, but we had to sweat it out to really get out with it, didn't we? It was an evolving idea. It evolved. We started with one thing. It changed. We had every member of the group having a different function. Mm. We had one person, we will think we are there, and there'll be one person of the group that'll say, no, I don't buy it, and just make you see the whole vision again. And there was just, I think that happened about five, six times where we thought, we're done. Yeah. Nope. Back to the drawing board, back to square one, let's keep going. It was an evolving process. It was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, I would say, but it was one of those that by the end of it, we all looked together once it was all done, we had a table, all looked at each other, and we came. We all gave each other a bit of a nod, and we're like, yes, yeah. we are done. And that was one of those moments where you say, this is what a team should be like. This is how, coming together, you can actually get the best out of an outcome. Mm. And sometimes the first route isn't your best route. You have to really work at it, think of different ways, look at an idea from different stakeholders, what's going to impact, what, what's the benefit, what's the advantage, how can I change this, how can I add the most value without moving away from my value proposition, mm. moving away from a brand uh, and our core competencies that we cannot, cannot lose. Mm, absolutely, yeah. I think you, you, you brought up what was really, what really resonated for me at least was that diversity of the people that we had in our team you know we had people from real estate from marketing um from oil and gas vc oil and gas and you know even there were times when i was thinking yes this idea is perfect it's really well formed and it would only take one question from amber or from mona to be like yeah but what about that and that would stop me in my tracks and go oh back to the square board exactly and we keep changing and we kept Look, innovating and that's what made it a really strong idea Absolutely. yeah and the only way to move forward is by constant innovation and that's what's been brought over to me especially that when you're working when you don't have many people to answer to as a pharmacist you think yeah this is a way of doing it you kind of get set in your way of doing things mm. and this module has really allowed me to put my barriers away put what i know take it to the table but identify that that is not the only way mm. and there will be people that have many better ideas than i do and there may be times that I have better ideas than other people that may be more experienced, but it's a group effort. Everything has to be worked by moving things around. If people aren't sharing ideas, mm. you're not going to have the innovation. No, definitely. I think that's a, that's a great little summary, and we'll have to uh, put that on the prospectus for next year's <laughs> MBA program. So uh, that's about all we have time for on this uh, episode of the About That MBA podcast. Uh, join us next time when we'll bring in another guest to introduce their experiences of uh, going to business school. And we'll also be talking about uh, the next module that we're undertaking, which is Agile Business Management. Um, in the meantime, be sure to follow us on Twitter at That MBA Podcast. And we'll be soliciting your, our questions uh, on there to hopefully do a Q&A session on the next show. So uh, when you hear us tweet, please do uh, tweet us your questions like, what's it like? Um, what should I know about uh, going to doing an MBA? If you're curious about them, if you're in your research phase, we'll be more than happy to try and answer. And uh, yeah, do uh, hit us up on Twitter, give us your feedback, anything you'd like to hear from uh, more, we're more than happy to take suggestions. So thank you for listening. Um, Pratesh, thank you for joining me this evening. No, thank you for having me. And, and 
It's goodbye from Katesh. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from him. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>